This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 144 of the Stacey West podcast. I am a very snotty Ben and I'm joined by Gaz as always. How are you doing my good man? Yeah, I'm always a little bit snotty, not in the literal sense, just in the way that I react to you. (laughs) Um, some people, I think, have commented recently that I give you too much of a hard time, which, um, fair enough. Yeah, well, I've, I've purposely made myself ill so I can get a bit of empathy. That's all it is. <laughs> like that'll work. <laughs> no, Honestly. I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, yeah, it's... I, um, yeah, I mean, other, other than you know, other than that, everything's uh, not too bad, isn't it? You know, we're we keeping we're keeping well apart from the obvious stuff that we're going to come to yeah yeah obviously i i, I got a new job since we uh, since we last recorded or well the same job but permanent so that's good right. news thank you very much um I, I found some programs that i needed uh, on a, on a, on ebay which is great because the, the 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 whole program thing is you know I don't think we've discussed it on here particularly. We might have done, but the program's kind of under threat for next season. Um, and that that got me to going through some of my old programs and doing articles, and that inadvertently leads to buying on eBay. Um, so <laughs> I, I had some time Sunday Sunday afternoon to go through everything from, from 1948-49 through to 64-65. Uh, so I now know how many I need to complete the home set of um, competitive fixtures going back to the war. Wow. Yeah, so but unfortunately the the dealers tend to overvalue their products. So, you know, I've I've got stuff that if I want to sell it on eBay, I'll probably end up getting four ninety nine from it. But if I want to buy it from a dealer, I'll have to pay forty quid. Um oh, but that's yeah. the program market unfortunately. <laughs> so but I do have it on authority that the uh, there was an uplift of sales on Saturday for the okay. program so uh, based on the on the appeal so we shall keep pushing that so if you are a program fan and don't normally buy one um we you do need to to get one bought irrespective of what you think of the current designs um not not in terms of the when i say current designs i don't mean our individual program i mean the club program as a whole you know with it being a kind of a glossy 800 page advert kind of fest um whether there'll be a change or not i don't know 
fair enough. I mean, I wasn't aware that there was uh, there was an uptick, but uh, no, fantastic stuff. Um, I mean, you well, mentioned it with your connections to the club. <laughs> don't start. I'm already poorly. I don't need more headaches. Um, yeah, I mean, well, let's start with Saturday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on it briefly, primarily because of the news today, um, as we're recording. Um, I, I thought it was a, you know, just, just, just to clarify, that's Nigel Adkins being sacked. I was getting there. Okay, I was going to get there. But yeah, obviously, you know, Charlton. Um, just, I thought it was a great day, just a great day all round. Um, you know, it was as Michael said in his interview. I think it was one of those games where we controlled it from the off, and you know, obviously, yet another instance where a manager has come to Central Bank, been beaten, and then finds himself out of a job within the space of a week. Um, just, yeah, it, it was that was the the good steps forward um, that I think we needed to have, and. Uh, I will, you know, we'll obviously come on to to the other stuff, but um, no, just a, a cracking cracking day all round. Um, and I mentioned this on social media, but I want to put it on on podcast as well. But uh, you know, huge huge shout out to to Liam Bridcut for just being a nice bloke. Um, you know, we, we brought some friends into uh, the executive box on Saturday, um, and he just you know poked his head through the door started having a conversation with everybody and spent a good five, six minutes with, you know, two young kids. I think there was one, one was four, one was seven, I think. Um, and yeah, just, just had a good chat with them about, you know, what they're studying at school and everything else. And I just thought that's somebody that just gets it. And uh, yeah, massive, massive shout out to him. So I thought he was, uh, he was absolutely superb and uh, I didn't want it to go unnoticed. Um, but yeah, I mean, any, any more thoughts on Saturday before we dissect Tuesday? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, I, yeah, it was a good day because we won. Uh, yep. It was a step forward because it was three points. I do think, to a degree, it papered over some of the cracks, yes. uh, and they, we know that the cracks that we know are there. But I, I think any any decent promotion chasing team put four or five past Charlton I think Lincoln last season put four or five past Charlton they were comfortably the worst team that I've seen at Sinsel Bank uh, during Michael's reign I'd probably go as far as to say they were amongst the worst that I've seen through Danny's reign as well I think yeah obviously they weren't a worse team than let's say um, Braintree in 2016-17 but in terms of the relative performance at the level you know, yeah obviously they were a better side than Braintree 2016-17 but even teams that have come to Sinsel Bank like um, Geisley when we uh, not Geisley North Farabee when we stuffed them 6-1 do you know what at least they, they gave it a go and I just thought Charlton didn't really give it a go yeah they, yeah. they, had, they had a 10 minute spell the opening 10 minutes they were probably edging it uh, and then after we scored, they they were gifted a goal, and it was a giftable goal. You know, Regan took rightly took the plaudits, and and I'll never jump on his back. Put your foot through the ball. Do not. You know, one yeah. of the one of the primary lessons that you learn as a defender is do not turn on the ball in your own area. If in doubt, kick it out. Um, but you know, that, that's that's the way it is. He didn't get a shout either. I'm not going to kind of go on an assassination because he's then got in a good position to score. Um, but yeah. It was a good result. It was a good day, um, but it, it, at the same time, let's yeah. e- eager not to get carried away. And I, I noticed in the ratings on the on the, the site, you know, people were eights and nines all round, and I think that's 
um, generous in some instances because I still think there were three or four players on the field who didn't play well. Uh, and when those same three or four players then don't play well three or four days later uh, and the others also don't step up and somebody stops you playing, you see how what, what how much of an impact it actually has. Yeah, 100%. I think the, um, the, the big thing for me, coming away from uh, from from Saturday and then you know going into Tuesday was it was the attitude or the, the 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 wording coming from some people that you know we won on Saturday and then all of a sudden and this this goes back to you know what we said last night about the disconnection we went on Saturday and people start saying oh we're four points off the playoffs and Yes, we are. You know, at the time we were four four points off the playoffs, but there's more to it than that, and everybody knows there's more to it than that. But then people start to get carried away again, and you know, we then go into Tuesday. Things happen on Tuesday, and all of a sudden, it's the end of the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, 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 no, at the end of the Charlton game, we have every right not to get carried away, but to look at Tuesday and think that's a winnable game. Where's that going to leave us? I don't I'm think not, that's getting. I don't think that's getting carried away. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's getting carried away, but it's it's when people suddenly discount everything that they've been talking about. You know, everything they've been slagging the club off for, and you know, just being incredibly negative about, and then sort of turn on a dime on on a win and just go, yeah, yeah, four points off the playoffs. I'm going to piss the league now. It's like. No. No, let's just just take it. Just be a bit more balanced with it. And okay. I think I think that's the that's the problem for me is that the, some of the reaction and some of the um, some of the discourse, shall we say, has been less than balanced on every single side of it. And you know, I will fully admit that there may have been points I've fallen into that trap myself. But, but do you not do you not feel that it's a generalization in that when we win, those who are generally positive are the ones who speak up loudest? And then when we lose, those who are generally negative speak up loudest. So it seems to be a big swing. Whereas I, I couldn't pinpoint a single person who was praising us effusively after the Charlton game and then slagging us off um, to the nth degree after the Wimbledon game. I, I don't think... I, think I saw a few, but I mean, yeah, I, I get the point that, you know, the, the, the vocal minority will always be the loudest. But it, it just... I, like, honestly, I just turned my phone off on, on Tuesday night when I got home. I was just like, I cannot be asked with with some of these discussions because... Like, you know, I get it. I get it. Football's emotive. You know, we we want to do well, and when we don't do well, it's you know, it's gutting. And I think the thing that I I took a little bit of flack for was that you know I was not being negative enough after Tuesday, and I was like, you know, people saying, oh well, are you happy with the performance? You know, you can't get you. We can't. You uh, what was it? Sort of. You get to a point where you can't criticise because people will just jump on your back. I'm like, no, you, you feel free to criticise. But there is a big difference between criticising and just like continually being so negative that it's just a pain, you know, it's just a pain in the ass to to, to deal with, um, you know, because yeah, we're not talking about the game here, are we? No, I mean, I, just kind of the reaction to the game. But yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the game because. 
<sighs> you like, are grumpy, aren't you? I can tell I'm, it in I'm, your voice. I'm grumpy and I'm poor. You were a little bit grumpy with me there for cutting you off mid-rant, weren't you? <laughs> you were, weren't you? I could tell. I'm grumpy and, yeah, and I'm poorly. And, and, and you processed it and thought, actually, we should be talking about the game, even though Gary's a prick. Yeah, pretty much. And there, Kate, uh, is a bingo call that you didn't think about, isn't it? Me calling myself a prick. So <laughs> we're not predictable no, at let's, all. Let's, let's go on to the game then, because I... That first 45 minutes was, without a doubt, the worst performance that I have seen from a Football League official in a long, long time. Um, there were so many calls that were got wrong. You know, the, the, the obvious big one was the penalty. I mean, annoyingly, we just discussed this off air, but annoyingly, the replay for the penalty, somebody's in the way and you can't see if there's contact there, but Nobody, nobody in the ground thought there was contact apart from the man in the purple shirt. And it was just, it, it, the fact is that nobody appealed for it. Like you, you watch that back. There's not one appeal from a Wimbledon player and the ref just points to the spot and, you know, we get, they get a penalty. And that says it all to me because normally, you know, you, you, someone goes down in the box, everyone's up in arms and right, that's it as a penalty, but it, it wasn't. And the problem is, is when you get off to a bad start like that, you know, when you, when a tackle like that is penalised in the area, it then takes the sting out of the game from a defensive point of view because you then can't... It's always in the back of the players' minds. They're going, well, can I put a tackle in here? Can I put a challenge in? And if you can't put a challenge in, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to stop uh, stop them coming at you. But fair play to Wimbledon. I thought they, they pressed incredibly high, incredibly quickly um, and stopped us doing what we wanted to do. Um, I think if teams get more and more wise to that and if you know if teams continue to try and do that then i you know i, I wonder if we're going to continue to struggle but it was a it was a, a i think somebody described it as the perfect away performance you know you kind of stop them playing a little bit of shit housery and you come away with a win um and i think that's probably to my you know to my eyes that's probably the best way to describe it what about yourself yeah well first of all um Shock horror. I disagree about the referee. Um, I don't think he was that bad. In obviously, I, I was was in uh, Rachel Neal's box for the game. You get a, a very different view of, of some of the incidents. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Um, and one or two of the incidents that the crowd were clearly up in arms. The referee was actually getting right uh, throw-ins. One or two he got right when the the, the the fans were wrong. One or two free kicks were free kicks. And I think there was a perception, and I find perception very, very interesting in football as people who listen to this know. And I think with the penalty, which I can't comment on from where I was, it looked like a penalty, but I, you know, other end of the field, so I, I couldn't see. Um, but from that decision, I think then there's a perception this ref shit, and then you're looking for things. And I think it's like the people that come away from the Charlton game going, it was the best performance of the season. We're looking for that because we won and, and are not prepared or, or even not, it's not even a, a conscious thing, but subconsciously forget the things we didn't do well. And I think people who come away from the Wimbledon game, for instance, subconsciously forget the things we did do well because they think, well, we didn't win the game. We should have won that game. So, and I think there is an element of watching the referee's performance and going, he was atrocious when actually 
I don't think he was. I don't think the penalty, for instance, was as bad as John Busby's uh, that he awarded Sammy Smodic. I don't think that. I don't think it was as bad as that. I think it was on a par with the penalty uh, that Andy Warmer awarded us against Plymouth. In uh, yeah. you know, it, it's dubious where it is. I think the referee on Saturday was worse. I think the referee. I think Andy Warmer was worse. Uh, than than that match referee, but there was the sense of injustice with it being so early on. Um, so yeah, you know, that's my take on it. We were very very surprised in the box, and that's that's eight or nine you know people football people were very very surprised that everyone was slagging the ref off at half time because we didn't feel that he'd done he'd had a bad game. So it, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean and, that, that, that's fair. I I just think that the you know like you say. You can you can understand it when something as ridiculous as what happened after four minutes, you know, happens. It we is we have eighty six minutes to win the game after. Yeah, that. I mean, absolutely. You know, and, and I think this is the this is where I think some people probably got a bit of a bee in the bonnet, and it's you know, well, you know a lot of people were incredibly annoyed by the referee, um, but that doesn't excuse the performances, and I think that's where the criticisms you know need to come in because. Yeah, but, yeah, but again, no. Do you know what? Because there, you've, 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 you've basically you've said the right thing early on in that that Wimbledon pressed us high, Wimbledon worked hard, and that contributes partly to our performance. I don't think we played as badly as everybody seems to be making out on Tuesday. Second night. half, I agree with you. No, first half as well. First half, we created more. We created clear cut chances in the first half that what Ted Bishop should have scored. It was a Gaza moment. He should have scored. He should have. He, at least he's made the run into the box. I don't think we played well in the first half, uh, but I don't think we played as badly as as the perception. I think one or two players gave the ball away. I think I think we you know we made errors, but we always atoned for those errors. Yeah. And I think even I mean, without the penalty, Wimbledon did have better XG in the first half than us. That is granted. Yeah, I think that you know you say there about giving the ball away a couple of times. I think there was a couple of moments. Um, I think last gave the ball away, and was it in the second half? Uh, Jackson made a last ditch tackle. Yeah, that was after last gave the ball away because he was funnily yes. enough, last was taken off immediately after, and we saw a delicate warming up, and it's like that'll be Bishop coming off, and then last gave the ball away, and last came off. Yeah, um, yes, I, I mean, you know, I think I, th- I think there was yeah a few moments with you know with the groans and everything else, and I think. Um, I mean, you look at the you look at the the, the incident for the uh, for the penalty again, and I think there was about five Wimbledon players with you know with just Conor McGrandles around. You know, when they're they're pressing that high, it is difficult to get the ball out of you know out of your defensive areas. But not as much. Mid- not when we are critical, it's not. No, no, it's not. And I think that's that's, that's the issue. That was yeah, an issue that, for me. That's going to be a key thing. Um, hopefully this weekend. But um, yeah, I. I just think, you know, you go back to, you know, when you said about kind of having things, you know, having things dwell on um, mistakes, you know, when, when something bad happens, you kind of tend to, to dwell on that. And I think the perfect example of kind of shaking it off and, and you know, for want of a better phrase, going again on Tuesday night was Lewis Monsmith for me because there was a few moments in the first half where he gave it away. But then the second half, he was back to you know, kind of spraying the ball across and, you know, putting it here, there and everywhere. And I thought he, uh, I thought he had a much better second half than he did first half. Um, and going on to the second half, you know, I, I didn't think we were, we were awful. I mean, yes, we, we didn't 
we didn't have much in the final third and you know some of the some of the moments where it goes you know from essentially the the edge of the uh, the edge of positions 18 yard box back to some uh, you know back to Josh Griffiths that I can understand the frustration that comes in there but at the same time like you know that's a moment where we're not losing the ball and that's kind of a positive that I try and grasp for but yeah just a frustrating night and I you know I do I do agree with you fully that I don't think we were anywhere near as bad as as some of the people that were you know going off on one at the end of it no, well, the thing is, first half, it was five shots from us, two on target. And one of the ones that was off target was the one that I think Bishop, you know, should have scored. It, it, it was a great opportunity. It was lovely, lovely delivery from last as well. And it evades Maguire. I mean, when I say should have scored, it might be harsh on Bishop. Uh, but, yeah, he's a square peg in a round hole. But, yeah, it, it was just desperately. And that goes in. I think it changes the complexion of the game. I mean, when your opposition are being booked for time wasting on 20 minutes. Yeah. And for me, that's good refereeing. That's brave refereeing in my in my opinion to book for time wasting and i think he booked at least three of their players for time wasting during the course of the game i think um, there were yeah i think there were three shithouse bookings i think i described them as so that yeah for me that that's 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 decent refereeing um it is decent refereeing and there were opportunities where a weak ref would have evened it up for the anthony scully foul for instance uh, and he didn't so i you know i've not i've not got an awful lot of problems with the ref even though i know that the, the penalty is debatable i think when you look at some of the preconceptions as well uh, around the side there's there's the thing about passing and you know we can't find a, a one red one Red and white striped shirt can't find another. And actually, you know, there are three or four players whose passing stats stand out as not being particularly good. Uh, Lass is, is right there. His accuracy was 73%, which means you know, one in four passes that Lass played didn't go to an opponent. Now, just think about that. Though. One in four. So that means three in four actually did. So this, this train of thought that we can't find another player, our worst passer, got three or four passes into feet you know it's the forward passes i think that are probably the ones that stick because you think oh well it's easy to play a back pass isn't it it's easy to play pass, passes backwards you'd think so but actually conor mcgrandles and lewis fiorini were both outside were both below 90 percent accuracy with back passes now that's a concern for me because if you're passing backwards I suppose unless you're in an advanced attacking position and you're playing it backwards down the line, a backwards pass shouldn't be one that goes astray. Um, uh, so the, the, there's that. The accurate passes, as I say, last wasn't particularly accurate overall. Anthony Scully, Lewis Munzman, Chris Maguire, all below 80%. Accurate forward passes uh, below 50%. Lewis Fiorini, Conor McGrandles, Anthony Scully. And below 70%, you then throw last into that. So actually, that's you know, that does go some way to proving that as far as forward passes go, we're not particularly good. Ted Bishop, who I didn't think had a good game, was 100% forward pass accuracy, 96% pass accuracy overall, um, you know, and, and 91% lateral passes, which is side to side. And again, when you look at lower figures for side to side passes, Ioma, Scully, Sorensen. Um, so really, Scully, you can kind of, if you're in an advanced position, you're likely to be under more pressure. You're likely to um, to have more opposition attention. So I can kind of understand that. But, you know, TJ Ioma, 66% lateral pass, sideways pass or 30 degrees in either direction sideways. Uh, and Lass's passes, passing figures, just you know, a little concerning um, on the night. I don't think there's any surprise Lass has been taken off. What I am surprised about is that Lass Sorensen is still concerned considered a regular starter 
Mm. Um, and I'm not saying he's not good enough. The kid's 21 years old, and, and people forget that. They forget that Lars Sorensen was actually the, the the joint second youngest player uh, in a Lincoln shirt on the field with TJ Ome and Luis Fiorini. And actually, there three young players, three names that I've mentioned who who probably had you know stats that you you would raise an eyebrow at. I think that's got a lot to do with the atmosphere. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with fear of making a mistake, mm. and that plays into the chances in the second half. We had. 10 11 shots in the second half with one on target according to the stats and i think you know one or two players are not brave enough in attacking positions because i think they fear getting the ball getting the ball getting a pass wrong and then having the crowd on their back and and maybe again it's a subconscious thing i don't think any player would admit that person you know out loud um, but I, I think that we see it in one or two of the younger players. And but for me, do you know what Liam Bridcut plays that game, we don't lose it. It's as simple as that. I, I, I say it about Liam Bridcut all the time. Uh, you see what he does, and when there's a high press, as Wimbledon were doing, you need Liam Bridcut, who can turn comfortably on the ball, very very rarely dispossessed, uh, and, and and kind of transition forward a little bit. Um, but yeah, I keep moaning, but we lacked width. Like pace in wide areas. You know, Bishop's not a wide player, but what's concerning is it's not like he's playing there because we've got injuries. You know, Hakiba Delican could play Scully, could play on the left, and Scully's better on the left, by the way, and cutting in onto his right foot than he is out on the right. I think he looks a little bit lost out there. Mm. Um, so there's a Delican. Maguire could be playing out wide. There's Dan and Underloo going through the centre at number nine. So actually, we're playing the Bishop out there by choice rather than by default. And Look, we know the shortcomings of the squad, but I I I feel that that kind of square peg in round hole um, situation probably affected us just as much as as you know a Wimbledon team that they came for a draw mm-hmm. and we gave them the win. <clears throat> yeah, they, everything they did would have led to a nil nil draw if they don't score that penalty. I know it's stupid to say when they win one nil. But, you know, I don't think the game plan changes at all. They just don't waste time quite as much. But I don't think you would have seen any additional attacking intent from them. I think that they would still have just been trying to stop us playing. It's what they did on the final day of the season. It's what they do very, very well. And unfortunately, we just made their job very easy. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that's it. I think there was a I think it's very easy to to sit and say, you know, we were shite because we didn't score or, you know, all the rest of it. But I said at the start, you know, credit to, to what Wimbledon did. They they pressed it very, very high for, you know, for 90 minutes and did the dark arts very well, which, um, you know, it was unfortunate. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, I I can't be doing with, with some of the stuff that, that comes out after the fact because it is exactly what we said last week. Um, and I am going to go back to after the game now, but... You know, when you you said last week that people will hold on to something, or I think we both said it that people when they'll hold on to something, and then when it's you know when things are going well, it's not an issue, and then as soon as something goes badly, it immediately comes back, and it's like you know I saw that so much on Tuesday night where stuff that wasn't being mentioned on on Saturday all of a sudden became the most important thing in the world for the same people. It's like focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. You're focusing on the wrong thing. We've, we've done the fans, and I don't want you, I don't want people to think that, you know, Ben is all about the fans. I think because you're poorly, I think you, 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 it's, you, do you know what I mean? I think he's playing on your mind a hell of a lot more. I'm just grumpy. 
yeah i don't i think it's i don't think it's the right thing to think about fans will be fans and i've got to a point now where yeah, yeah i know the play people that will come out and you know what they're going to say and i'm not you know what if an opinion is if an opinion is backed up and somebody believes that then then fair enough let them have that opinion yeah i like you i don't like seeing see them coming out but I think I think my my point is as long as it's coming from a good place and there is, you know, a discussion to be had, I think then I don't mind it. But it's it's just the consent, you know, continual just ranting. But anyway, you know, let's let's move on before I end up uh, embarrassing myself. Either embarrassing himself or collapsing in on a, a puddle of rage and snot. Um, right. So um, next up, um, obviously, as a result of Saturday, Adkins got sacked. Um, I think that was a, a an inevitability, really, wasn't it? We'll, we'll touch on that before we go on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah, I, I, you know, we've played chart and we don't play them for a while. Yeah, I, if, yeah, it, it was. They were shit. So. Yeah. Um, and then, um, where do we want to go next? Do we want to go to Saturday's preview because it's not involving me? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, uh, here's a preview I recorded earlier for Saturday. Right, so as part of our Sheffield Wednesday preview, we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I've got a guest rather than Jake. Good friend of mine, Chris, uh, is on the show. Chris featured in my book, uh, but if you want to know where, you'll have to buy a copy uh, and keep an eye out for him. Chris, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Gary. Yeah, good good plug there, and it's worth (laughs) a read just for my little uh, paragraph. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, obviously, you. Uh, I think you tweeted when you see that you'd been in it, and I think I got a couple of sales off the back of that. So I think I owe you about 10p commission or something like <laughs> that. So uh, so just a way of introduction, Chris is Sheffield Wednesday mad, always has been, um, goes home and away. I think even went down to Plymouth, is that right, earlier in the season? Correct, Correct yeah. So long old jag. Uh, so how's the season been so far then for you? Um, a bit stop and start. Um Obviously, at the start of the season, we, we kept four clean sheets. So it, the, the signs were obviously very promising. Um, but with, with any new side, I think look, just looking through the team, we've in essence probably about you know eight or nine new players from last year. I think we signed 14 in the window, um, obviously with Barino just coming in. So it, it is a new team. Um, so they're taking time to gel. Um, and obviously, when they start losing a couple of games here and there, the... the um, uh, that they start to lose a bit of bit of faith and how they're playing and the system, and then they start going back into old ways like they did last year. But but saying that, I mean, we're, we're a few points off the playoffs. Um, we've kept seven clean sheets, cup and league this year, which is really good for um, from last year. Um, and over the last few games, I've seen a few things that we're starting to create a lot more chances than we have been doing. Um, so that's a good thing, but still making the, the same silly mistake. So overall, I think it's an average start. Um, and you know we're only 14 games in, so there's a hell of a lot of season left. I'm going to deviate from our questions straight away now because you've actually beaten a couple of the big teams as well, haven't you? Or the so-called favourites, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, we we beat Wigan two one. Um, we we'd obviously beat Rotherham two nil, um, and a, a draw against Ipswich, where it should have been a um, it should have been a victory. But your old boy was stuck behind the keeper and pulled it behind, and you got a late equaliser in the 90th minute, which has been a 
I think we've dropped eight points this year from after the 90th minute, um, which is not good. So just going on that basis, I mean, you know, we could be a lot higher up, but then again, you know, you, you can't win every game, can you, in this league? No, quite right. You can't. Uh, it'd be nice to win a few more, though, uh, from Lincoln fans' perspective. Uh, obviously, a quick glance over the Sheffield Wednesday squad. Um, it's quite an envious eye that does that from a Lincoln point of view. Who, who have been the key players for you so far this season? Well, um, it, again, it's been a stop-start. Obviously, I offer coming back from injury last year. He's a championship player, maybe a Premier League player. You'll, you'll see that when you see him. He's full of pace. He's, he's high. He's really good in the air. He's about six foot four, six foot five. Um, really pacey, commands the box really well. Um, Jack Hunt, we, we signed back um, last year from Bristol City. Again, another good championship player. He's been stopped and start. And then, obviously, the midfield, we've got Ban Bannon. Obviously, you, you know Barry Bannon is. is. Um, for me, with Bannon, um, sometimes he does go missing a lot in the games. But he does have that, that killer ball that can change the game at any minute. And just for that instance, he should, he sh he should be playing in the team. And you'll notice that when he gets the ball, he's... He's silky on the ball, easy touch here, easy touch there, and he can bring players in. And obviously Lee Gregory up front, which is the guy from Stoke, which I was really surprised we got him on a on a free transfer. Um, uh, and apart from that, the, the squad which he's done this year, which I'm a bit annoyed with, he, he keeps changing it on a regular basis instead of keeping a solid team. And I think that's not helping either. And obviously we've got a guy called um, Dennis Adenarin. Um, he's a centre midfield, really good player. And obviously, Barino was just coming to, he needs to get match fit. Um, he, he's a, a player that I like the look of also. Um, and obviously, um, we've still got uh, Windass to come in. Uh, Massimo Luongo was injured. And obviously, we, we're missing Sam Hutchinson as well, who was, was one of my, my, my our favourite players at the club. Sam Hutchinson, great player. Yeah, great name as well. Um, and, and how are you likely to set up then? And, and how do you sort of play your football? Well, at Hillsborough, it's slightly different to playing the away games because it's a huge pitch. Um, so the, the, we like to play with a bit of width, like um, uh, flowing wingbacks, which will be um, probably on the left will be Liam Palmer um, and on the right, Jack Hunt, and then three at the back, which if there's no Hutchinson, it will be um, Dunkley and um, Dunkley, I offer. Um, uh, and then obviously Palmer Hunt. And then in the middle, we're going to have probably... Um, Adenarin might come back in with Bannon, um, and then Marvin Johnson maybe on the on the left hand side, and then it's a pick between Barino, um, um, Patterson, yeah, Callum Patterson, um, and maybe hopefully Corbinio. The guy from Wolves, Theo Corbinio, is the only really winger we've got with any pace. We've only seen him at Mansfield. Um, now we've got him on Wolves from a Premier League team. I'd just like to see him have more games. He's playing constantly, constantly for Canada. Um, and him in with the ball at the feet, he's got pace, which I like to see, and everyone likes to see his players taking, you know, players on and giving the crowd a bit of buzz, which is what we're missing. But yeah, I think it's going to be like a three-five-two. Because uh, Corbinio is quite interesting. I noticed that we were in for him in the summer as well. I think he's scored twice for Canada, hasn't he? Um, yeah. But he's in danger of being recalled. I think I see in the Sheffield Star today. Well, if he's not playing games, then I'm sure Wolves are going to be slightly concerned that he's not playing and giving time. So I wouldn't blame you on that aspect to go back because he's not get. He's, he's they're barely bringing him on either on uh, as a substitute. He didn't get a game um, in midweek, and they, they didn't bring him on for a game and. Um, I, I just thought that it's something that the game needed, but obviously that's why I'm not a um, manager. <laughs> and how's Marvin Johnson done for you? Because I think we were linked Ter with him in like the summer. It. It, no? It's terrible. No, no it's it um, a few games, especially at Plymouth, he went missing. Um, game after he went missing. 
Um, and obviously he's got a good delivery, but he, he just seems to have lost that yard of pace. And instead of going down the left, he seems to be cutting back a lot more. Um, I don't know whether Bannon influences that because he's always looking for the ball and it's an easy way out for the wingers just to play it back in the middle. And instead of playing the, the, the thing out wide, they're going through the middle, a lot, a lot of tippy, pa tippy passers going to the front, coming back again, um, going back out wide and then coming back in again. Um, but yeah, he's not really impressed for me this year. I'm sure that a lot of the Wednesday fans would agree. Uh, so in terms of weaknesses, um, where do you see the those in your squad at the minute? Um, well, Bailey Peacock Farrell, who started off well, he was saving a lot of penalties, doing really well. He, he's he had a he's had a really bad couple of nightmare um, games. Had three really bad mistakes where he's cost the the team a goal. Plymouth, the first goal. I mean, had that not gone in, the game might have been different. But he come out flapping and um, he made the mistake Ipswich when there's defenders around him and there's a player behind him. How he can make that mistake in that, at that point in the game, I don't know. Um, and then another, like on um, when we played on um, on Tuesday. He um, he looked a bit flappy in the early stages, but you know he came on towards the end of the game when he got a bit of confidence. So putting a bit of pressure on the keeper, I think, um, and quick balls into the box, we seem a bit susceptible to and a bit of pace, um, especially down the the wings. I, I would say down the left hand side would be our, our, our weak point. Well, we have no pace whatsoever in in any area at the moment, so you'll be uh, you won't have to worry too much about that. <laughs> uh, so, what, I mean, what do you what do you kind of know of Lincoln? Obviously, we've spoken a bit, and what do you see them bring into the game? Well, uh, just just what I watch it. I mean, they look quite tidy from I'm right from I'm looking at. Obviously, you've got a championship player in Scully up front. I mean, I mean that's without question. Keeping all the rims paramount to your season, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because that 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 kid looks like he's got everything. Um, and they look really good getting the ball into the right areas, but they just they they, they don't seem to have that that killer instinct. They, they seem to get lost when they get into the final third. I don't know if that's what you think. Yeah, you're spot um, on there. Yeah. And then, as you know, if you concede a goal, then you you're fighting to get the game back. And if you haven't got that ability to get back into the game, it, it's you know you're going to be struggling and struggling. So they need to invest in some either some pace or someone with a bit more attacking ability because as you can see if Scully's not having a good game or he can't get the ball that they're not they're not scoring are they no quite right and it's just interesting that it's that it's kind of the same from the outside looking in as the inside looking out um so of the teams you've played so far this season who's kind of most impressed you and who's least impressed you I, I would say for, for for definite Plymouth because obviously our, our old manager sorry our player Ryan Lowe he's got them playing like he is an individual he's fiery he's little he gets stuck in he's on the sidelines he's, that's what you want to see and they just got straight into us straight into the second ball um, and, and knew how to deal with us as a team they wouldn't let us get the ball down and play it and as soon as that started happening the confidence went and they just drew on it and they could have won five or six to be honest um, apart from that the games have been fairly close um, we've had a few close um, a few close. Shrewsbury did all right at Hillsborough. Um, they played not so bad. Morecambe, obviously, and Morecambe just old manders to death. Um, yeah. But but apart from that, there's not been too much in the games um, that I'm really concerned about in the league at the moment. But then again, we haven't we've not played Wickham or Sunderland or anything yet. So um, I'm expecting a, a you know a few better performances from the other team. But they've been fairly close games. We've either nicked it. We've not run away with it three or four, and it's been what two one one nil two nil. Um, but definitely Plymouth look a, a half decent side. Smashing, uh, and obviously, um, always have to do this at the, the end of a uh, an interview. What's your score prediction uh, for for the game and why? 
going on the last two last two performances and knowing that you're not doing too well, the first goal is going to because we've not come be, we've not come behind to win a game since 2016. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, so if we get our heads in front, uh, we're due to knock a team over. But I think I think I think two. I'll take a two-one to us. It's funny. I did the Wednesday till I die podcast yesterday, and the but the audio got spoiled, so it won't be going out. And he said exactly the same. We're due to give a team a kick in. Um, we we get in there two one to Wednesday, and I've actually got to agree. I think I think two one to Wednesday will be um, will be reasonable as well. So, Chris, so thank you very much for your time, mate. Really, really appreciated having you on. Um, and uh, hopefully, I'll get to either chat to you at the game or certainly at the uh, at the home leg. Yeah, give us a bell. I'll be in Sheffield about eleven thirty, and we'll uh, we'll have a beer, Gary. Sound. <laughs> nice one, mate. Cheers. All the best, guys. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for asking, but my prediction is I think we'll take a draw from Saturday. Um, apropos of nothing, basically. You know, I think I think we've just been so up and down. Draw will be a cracking result. Um, right. So, uh, football's out of the way. Let's talk about some other things. Um, obviously, the first thing to notice is Sam Long has gone out on loan to games with Trinity today. Um Good to good for him to get some first team experience, even though it's at a you know a level much lower than um, than he's probably going to be used to. Um, yeah, good good for him, and hopefully you know he doesn't uh, doesn't injure himself, which seems to be slowly resolving itself, doesn't it? Yeah, well, um, actually, the Trinity keeper uh, whose name escapes me, Matt something or other, who was at Derby as a, a young lad, actually went off injured in one of the games earlier this season. So they've already got form for having an injured goalkeeper. Oh, Christ. Uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, let's not talk about injuries. It's a great opportunity for Sam yeah, yeah. Uh, to go out and get some football. And look, the very, very best keepers in the game go out several divisions below the, the, the club that they're at. Well, we, I've seen Joe Hart and Kasper Schmeichel playing in goal for um, Berry and Shrewsbury over the years. You look at Alex Palmer, he had been out on loan to, uh, was it Kidderminster, I think? Um, Ethan Ross, I know obviously he wasn't a massive success for us, but he, he'd been out, I think, to Worcester. And yeah, the keepers go out at a young age uh, in non league and just you know, they get their batter in from the big centre forwards and it stands them in good stead. So there's zero surprise. I think we knew Sam Long would go out. I think it's just been a case of waiting for Archie Mayer. Uh, yep. to come back to fitness uh, yeah, once yeah. he's fit likely to be called up for a Scotland under 21s likely to help us get games like Sunderland postponed uh, if, if we need to in terms of injuries and you know, if we have both our goalkeepers called up it, uh, you know, it's, we'd have to go for an emergency loan I think um, I don't know if you have both your keepers called up if you could actually call the game off just with two but because both keepers are called up not sure how that works well I mean we've all got we know what our form is with Sunderland and emergency loans you know big yeah. keys Big Keith would be gutted. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if we just had two keepers called on? We had to get an emergency loan and we've got Joe Bursic back again and he made like, a <laughs> stunning save. So I'd be, uh, that would actually uh, make my day. That would make everything all right for a short while. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Um, uh, what else we got? So yeah, Monday. Uh, Monday was a, a good night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, really enjoyed Monday. Um, Referencing, obviously, the Burton Road chippy night. Joe Bursage, by the way, has played eight games in the championship this season for Stoke, so probably won't get called up to us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we went up to meet Leslie and Des. I had a bit of a a tour around the back of a chippy, which was great because my first job was as a chip rumbler back in uh, Rugby Chip Shop. 
Um, so, yeah, good night. We saw some familiar faces popping up. Mark Hone popped up for a bit, didn't he? I saw Rob Bradley there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the players were there, TJ, Chris Maguire, and uh, Sam Long was there, Adam Chantry. It was a good night. Raised £1,004. Um, and also discovered that Burton Road Chippy do incredibly good chips. And I'm not just saying that because I have I put a serious amount of value um, in, in fish and chips. Done a lot um, of research. Yeah, I have done a lot of research, but <laughs> I've had a lot of fish and chips from a lot of places. And I know places that I like and that I don't. Um, and genuinely, they were they were good chips. A little bit of an issue with the fact that they didn't serve beans. Uh, but as it was for a good cause, uh, I'm going to let them off. Fair enough. I didn't know they didn't sell beans, but I think uh, they do generally. I think they just didn't have them that Oh, night. I didn't have them on Monday. Fair enough. If I'd no, known, yeah. I would have bought a tin of my own that they could have warmed up in a microwave. <laughs> no, I, I had a really good night. I think it was, um, I think I'd, I got there a little bit later than uh, than, than you did and, and pulled up to the unusual site of you tucking into a bunch of food rather than me. You said um, you to mention that. <laughs> Yeah, but you say you don't. You're not going to mention a lot of things and then do and show me up. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I had, a, I had a really good night. I think it was it was nice to to chat to some people that had, um, you know, obviously people that listened to the pod came along and, and had a had a conversation. That was really nice. Um, and then got you know, I say, got a chance to have a chat with uh, with Mark Hone as well. That was uh, that was good. Um, and I think yeah, just. Just a lovely, lovely evening, and uh, you know, fair play to everyone that was involved from Burton Road because I think, um, you know, putting in the putting in the effort for uh, for no, you know, for for a volunteering, I think I probably should say there, you know, volunteering the time and and giving it, um, you know, in a, a way to to raise another grand for the uh, for the redevelopment fund was absolutely fantastic. So um, it's nice to see Jules as well. Jules popped up from Vitals. Yes, um, yeah, 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 pod listener. And it's uh, it was it was good. It's just a it felt like a, a good team effort. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's sort of coming together, which is exactly what we need at the moment. So, um, next up is uh, the sixteen seventeen squad cartoons from Imptoons. Um Chris has put up a tweet about that. Uh, so go to Imptoons on Twitter, find the tweet, get yourself registered, and get you know pick up one of those. I think twenty quid per print. It's the entire 1617 squad, very similar to the 76 squad that he did a while back. Um, all the proceeds are going to the Sinsel Food Bank, which is just fantastic. Um, really, really fantastic cause. Um, get involved. And yeah, you know, I think there was, it was really heartening as well to see on Saturday um, a lot of people coming in with, you know, bags and boxes of food that were just being dropped off at the, uh, at the, at the food bank stand. So, wonderful cause get involved um and help some people out yeah 100 percent. um while i'm on it actually i didn't uh, i didn't mention um i don't think we talked about it off air uh but sunday the bhf game um, oh yes yeah I, I couldn't make it so um yeah um so we were out and then uh on the way back we, we sort of added you know we had time to, to to pop around i think we showed up a few minutes late but really really nice to see so many people there. I think there was, I think there was 500 people um, that showed up, which was, you know, fantastic. Um, raised a bunch of money for the BHF. Um, the Lincoln City Legends, I believe, won six two. Um, you know, it was just really nice to watch Simon Yeo rolling back the years and uh, and chipping the keeper and, and scoring. Um, and uh, just so it's on record, 
John Schofield made a horrendous back pass that led to one of their goals. There we go. That is that is out there because I know apparently John took some absolute pelters for that after the fact. Um, but no, it was, it was really nice to see so many people from the club there as well. The highlight of the day definitely was uh, was seeing Paul Morgan because he looks like he could slot into any first team right now. He is just a specimen of a man uh, and he rightly got man of the match. But uh, yeah, no, cracking day. Really enjoyed it. It's Ben here, just very quickly. I'm editing the podcast at the moment, and I've realised we forgot to plug the raffle. So, um, yeah, we'll put a tweet out, um, and it'll be in the link on the podcast description. Um, Go to PayPal, chuck us a fiver or more, or multiples if you want multiple tickets. Um, And, yeah, go and get us over £2,000, because at the time of recording, we are at £1,937, which is ridiculous. There's possibly one more prize to be announced that we're currently uh, in discussions with somebody about getting, but uh, yeah, nearly £2,000 for the uh, Stace West Redevelopment raffle. Fantastic stuff, guys. Thank you ever so much. And uh, I'll hand you back to Gary taking the piss. So I really don't know how to end this podcast. And so concludes the worst Stacey West podcast we've ever done. No, I don't think it's the worst one. We've definitely done worse. It's just... Last time we were ill. Yeah, probably, actually. But at least when I'm ill, I come on and do it. Don't just, you know, farm it off to somebody else. There's a reason that I do that. Because <laughs> it's, it's not going to be very good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to let the listeners down. <laughs> For Christ's sake. How do we wrap this one up, guys? I think that we just say, let's hope that Ben's better next week. Up the imps. Up the imps. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.